Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. Episode one of season one of Libservative. I'm Dan Griffin. And I'm Corey. So as promised in the pilot episode, we are actually delivering to you in season one a topic that I find extremely interesting, that Corey finds extremely interesting, and that's kind of how we come to a consensus on these things on as far as what to discuss for each season. So season one, the opening season, the inaugural season of Libservative is going to start with understanding America's perceived social and digital civil war. And why do I say social and digital civil war? Because I kind of think the two go hand in hand and uh, we'll discuss a lot more why here in episode one, Corey and I, we're just going to discuss the topic at hand. Uh, we're going to give you some of our opinions. We're going to give you some of uh, some of our insights from our own dumb minds because we do consider ourselves what I've called us, Corey, is intellectual idiots. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Opening thoughts. When... You think of America's social and digital civil war. What's the first thing that comes to mind? So I guess the first thing that comes back to, to mind to me when we talk about the social civil war, and I think it's the thing that's actually like the root cause of the the uh, interactions or like, you know, like the apprehension we see between people and it's the feedback loop. You know, everyone, they have getting a little social bubble. You know, no one likes to be uncomfortable. Everyone clicks, dislikes, and likes things that you know, like that they like and dislike, like you do in normal life in your head when you're doing things well. On social media, when you do it, it creates a sort of, like you know, the algorithms keep track of that. So it forces yourself down a little channel, you know, your bubble, to where you're uh, constantly getting everything you'd like fed back to you, and the things that you don't like, you're in your safe little spot. Like you don't even have to hear about those; those are a million miles away. So when it comes to the social civil war, I think of the feedback loop. The feedback. That's actually a really good one. Uh, when I think – and it, what's funny is like I think the, the, the things that we think of are going to go kind of go hand in hand because I've got a few words. I've got misinformation. I've got catastrophizing. I've got virtues and values. And I've got hypocrisy. And I'm going to start with virtues and values. Because everybody has different values, right? Like, what's what's a what's a what's a huge argument that you see when it comes to uh, liberals and conservatives on on places like social media? And this pretty when much it comes to values. Well, we could get real heavy and talk pro life, pro choice, or we could just keep it life and do work ethic. I don't know. It's up to you. Which one you want to do? I was going to go with I was going to go with abortion. I was just going to call it what the heavy one, the heavy one. <laughs> because it's really it's really simple to me, right? It's if if I'm a progressive, my concern and my value is women's rights. And I think that if you are uh as a progressive, what I'm thinking is that if you are uh you know, trying to make abortion illegal, you are taking away a woman's possession over her own body. And that is a legitimate concern. That's a real value, right? Now, if I'm a conservative, yeah, if I'm a conservative, my concern is, my value is that you're murdering babies. Again, that is a legitimate value and a legitimate concern. And it doesn't make one side or the other right or wrong. But since they're they're, 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 they're value concerns, 
when you engage in discourse, typed discourse in 140 characters, it's going to get nasty. It's going to get nasty. But I feel like if you had that conversation in real life with another human person, you guys might get a little upset with each other. You might, you know, it might get a little snippy, but I think at the end of the day, you could, you could have a conversation. So my opening emotion or my opening feeling towards the perceived social and digital civil war, and we will see how this progresses throughout this season, my, my initial reaction is, I think it's a bit of a fallacy. I don't think it's, I'm not saying it's not real, but I think it's, it's certainly not as big of an issue in our everyday lives as you would be led to believe by the media okay. and by yeah, social media. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like it's uh like it's real in the fact that like when the people are doing it, the emotions are there. It's a hundred percent. You see people, you know, let's let's uh let's be uh, ageist here. The boomers, they go straight all caps. You know, straight caps, a bunch of vaccination points, like, how dare you? So the emotions are real. But I, like you were saying, like, in real life, people don't have these conversations like that. And I think maybe it's almost like, uh, you know, like for humans, we've been evolving for billions and billions of years. And our communication has coincided with that of billions and billions and billions of years. So when me and you have a conversation and I say something and then all of a sudden I see you frown, or like get taken aback, I can make that small little cue in my head and adjust that conversation. When you're on social media, that's not there. It's kind of like driving in a car. There's a shield to where you don't really see the other person. And I haven't like like I'm gonna I'll go into elaborate on that in a little bit more in a second. But uh social media, we've only had a that's only been a part of our communication uh abilities for humans for what, ten years? So we're taking communication in itself and turning it on its head. And like we said, we're putting it into 240 characters and it has to be uh, with, yeah, like within 240 characters or it has to be within a three minute segment on a new show. And so it's completely taking the regular exchange that people have and flipping it on its head. So I guess for me, for the social uh, digital war, I think it's it's real, but it's almost like a second, like a different dimension type real. Real as in like when you're driving in your car, and this was the example I was going to use, when you're driving in your car and someone cuts you off, you're ready to give them the finger, you want to fight them, people start screaming at each other, you know, everyone throws out their little uh, ideas and like how they feel about stuff on the back of their car with a bumper sticker you get to see it real quick as they drive by uh if you cut someone off someone cuts you off it's the end of the world but in real life those two same people could be racing to the grocery store giving each other the finger and get out of their car and nine times out of the ten you know they're going to park on opposite sides and they're going to go in that store and they're going to walk past each other and go oh hey how's it going oh oh sorry here let me get out of your way and Humans, they have this false sense of safety when they have when there's anon anonymity. I've been practicing that word. <laughs> that word, <laughs> that has word been a anonymity, for you. and it's a very very anonymity. anonymity. And uh, if you only heard me say this in other conversations, you would understand mine and Dan's relief when I said it the first time, right? And it's <laughs> so like that anonymity 
Oh, I almost lost it. Uh, uh, creates this false sense to where people can have those quick knee-jerk reactions. So, yeah, I guess in a very long-winded fashion of me talking, I am kind of on the same page with you, where it's it seems like it's overblown. It's there, but it's almost like LARPing. Everyone's kind of getting their frustration. LARPing out. is a great word. It, it's It's this... <laughs> I don't know if I want to degrade it to the point of being uh, some sort of psychological issue, but <clears throat> I think I'm going to. And here, here's what I mean. I, 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 stand, I still stand by the 10-80-10 rule. I live by the 10-80-10 rule when it comes to uh, engaging with people in difficult conversation. And 10-80-10 to me is 10% of people on the left are fucking nuts you know, those are the uh, you know those are the those are the Antifa folks. Those are the people that want to burn the entire system to the ground. And there's ten percent on the right that are you know the 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 neo Nazis. Um, I don't even think you need to even go quite that far to be part of this ten percent. <laughs> but uh, well, I think eighty percent, the other eighty percent of people are somewhere in the spectrum there in the middle. A lot of them are going to lean a little further left, a little more towards, you know, your Bernie bro socialist. And a lot of, and some of them are going to lean, you know, more towards, uh, you know, the, the more libertarian or, or I should say anarchist view of no government at all. And then, and then, <laughs> you know, and then you, you slowly, slowly get more towards the middle. And I don't think anybody is exactly in the middle. You'd have to be Professor Spock to be exactly in the middle. I don't think that person exists, yeah. but it, but it is. I strive to be as objective as possible, but I don't think anyone can be that. No, objective. that's that's impossible because you, you have you, everybody has emotions. You have emotions. You have opinions. You have things that are important to you, and that's that brings us back to you know the whole values thing when it comes to abortion. I don't think either side is wrong. I think either side's got a, a great legitimate argument. Like, it, is it is it legal to kill people if you're a conservative? Right? Is it legal to kill people? No. So why should it be legal to kill babies? I don't necessarily agree with what that conservative is saying. But I, I understand the concept, and I agree with that conservative's right to say it, even being somebody who has traditionally leaned left on issues like that. Just because you disagree, or, or I think differently on this issue, your, your way of thinking is immoral, right? It's immoral. It's immoral to kill babies, or it's immoral to take women's rights away. And it's like, it's just not that, it's not that simple. When we try to oversimplify... Very complex situations, and I think that's almost a derivative of three-minute segments on the news and uh, 240 character tweets. To where when it, they when we talk about something like uh, abortion, it's like, oh yeah, pro-life, pro-choice. It's like, well, there's so many variables inside of that, to where that we have to try to work it out. But like when someone when someone from the right comes to you and goes, abortion is murder, and that you are killing that thing you are stopping the life of something that's inside the womb to completely brush that off. It does. It completely ends the conversation because you're not valued. Like the person isn't saying it just to be a prick. They're like, you are murdering somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? To, in their mind, they actually think you're murdering somebody. So to just discount and write that off, as absurd as you might think it is. It's uh, it completely it does. It completely shuts the conversation down, and that person will look at you like, "How can you just brush this body off?" And then the other person and, and to move it to move it back to the other side. You know, somebody on the right just somebody on the right going, "How can oh, you just strip that woman's rights?" 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The right would say, oh my God, you're murdering babies. And the left would say, you are trying to put women underground as sex slaves. When we know that in reality, it's neither of those. It's not one or the other. And that's what the 80% is. That's where I, I still believe that the 80% is that vast majority in the middle. And because these people on the 10 and the, the 10 on the left and the 10 on the right are so vocal and so mad all the time, they're the one. Because you, when do you speak out? Well, you speak out when you're pissed, right? And these people are the ones that are always pissed. They're, I don't know if they were bullied as children uh, and then they just want to become bullies. They want to they call everybody out and they want to say gotcha. And so they can make themselves feel better about their own shitty lives. I, I feel like that's part of what's going on here uh, because it, there is something to that. There is something to, you know, feeling better about uh, making somebody else feel bad about or at least trying to make somebody else feel bad about their own way of thinking. It's a form of it's a form of bullying. And I think the two tens, those two poles are both equally guilty of it. And because we hear from them so much, yeah, like we're, I said, we're forced it's, to kind of take them seriously. It's the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You know, like the 10% on the left, you'll see people, and it's funny because you'll see, uh, like go back to our social media civil war, people on the far left or the far right don't even have the blue check mark. They're not even a part of the blue check mark brigade. And they just have the little blue, they don't even have the blue check mark, like I was saying, and they, uh, they'll tweet, I was happy about my abortion and I'll do it again. <laughs> And then everyone goes, everyone on the right goes up. See, that's how the entire left thinks. And then someone on the right will say, abortion shouldn't be allowed. I don't even care if it's rape. That's a gift from God. And then everyone on the left loses their mind where everyone in the middle is like, hey, listen, you know, I feel like there's way more people in the middle that are afraid to say it, but they're like, hey, you know, I don't want to see abortion used as contraceptive, but I also want to see an 18 year old girl get raped even though i don't want to use that one that's almost like a uh it's only because it's like only one percent but it's like i don't want to see an 18 year old girl who just didn't even know what she was doing and then have sex with a man who's not going to be around ever again for the rest of her life and then watch her just be stuck on government assistance for the rest of her life because she's having a child when she wasn't ready so maybe we should uh talk about that not uh talk about uh actual contraceptives and have actual self 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 <laughs> sex health ed in schools and then we can avoid the two conversations on both sides in the first place but we're afraid to say that you mean actually doing something to solve the actual problem because i, I what i think is like the, the people on the center left and the people on the center right what they would both agree on this statement maybe one of them's pro pro-choice and one of them's pro-life but you know what they'll both agree on abortion is bad like and le- except for the except for the far left and the far right, there's these weird people on the left that just that are that just. I like getting abortions. I because I, I have to you you have to you know preface everything that you're yeah, saying. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah. say abortion is bad, what I mean is like no woman goes, oh my god, I can't wait to go have this abortion. And then, yeah, and it's the same. It's like let's be honest. You think a woman is going to choose giving a third trimester abortion, even a second trimester abortion? Me and my wife had children. Like after. I feel like after uh, so many weeks, like you start to have like a body inside of you. No woman wants to like willfully put a baby inside of her and then 
<laughs> just to get it taken out and like beat the shit out of her own body and have to it's deal like with that. Women on planet Earth that want to actually do that because there's but there's people fucks. on the far right that make it seem like every single woman that gets an abortion is like that, and then every single time a person on the right goes, yeah, but that's a baby. People on the left are like, or the far left are like, oh, you're you're just trying to just you just want me to sit at home and just pop out babies and cook you dinner, don't you? And it's like. Everyone in the middle, like when we talk about this, when we say like when people talk about the silent majority or oh, the silent majority. No, I think honestly, it's more or less that we are the silent majority because the squeaky wheels get the grease like we we talked about. And there's a bunch of people in the middle that go, oh, yeah, well, I'm not 100 percent for just free range abortions, but I'm also 100 percent against women's women being told what to do by a bunch of old white men in Congress. And it's like, why is that a controversial statement? <laughs> you know what it is, though? It's, and that, that brings us back to, the, to this perceived social and digital war. If you bring up something logical like that, and you put it on social media, you put it on Twitter, you put it on Instagram, it's a, you know what you get? A tweet thread, and no one wants to read the second tweet because they all want it within 120, 120 characters. <laughs> it's, it's that, but you know what you get? All you get is deflection. It's always a deflection. It's always deflection onto something else. Nobody ever wants to talk about the actual topic at hand. Like when you bring up a logical point and conservatives bring up logical points all the time, liberals bring up logical points all the time. They're out there. There are smart thinkers on both sides of this political aisle. But what you'll notice is if you listen to, you know, decent podcasts that talk about politics with with good with great thinkers, conservatives and liberals, those people can get together and have discussions. And they don't always agree. In fact, most of the time they don't. But you know what they are? They're also friends. Like, that's the kind of life I want to live. I've got friends that are, uh, uh, you know, super liberal, and I've got friends that are super conservative. Guess what? You know what we still are? We're still friends. Do we debate? Do we have discussions? Yeah. And you know what? It's fun. Like, we enjoy it. We enjoy challenging each other. And that's what that's what I think is lost in this in this social in all this social media discourse is like the fun is gone because I've tried Corey and I'm sure you have too I've tried to get on social media and like really engage in a, in a nuanced debate with somebody and it just it's occasionally you'll find somebody of it but it's so rare yeah, it's, it's like a one, one in a million. Oh, okay. A hundred. I was going to say a million. All right. I'm going to give more credit to the human race than you then, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, but, look yeah. at us. <laughs> Look at us, man. That's true. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it's and it is perpetuated by. Uh, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm glad you brought up the media because one of the next words that I had on here on my list of words, because I just keep thinking and writing shit down, is catastrophizing. That is, I don't even know if that's a real word, but guess what? I'm using it anyway. <laughs> uh, the, the the media is responsible for that. And we as human beings, we eat it up because it is so much easier to uh, prepare for the bad things that are happening in the world than it is to look forward, you know, to, to the good things that are happening. Look at take a building for example. How long does it take to build a skyscraper? It take could take years, could take a decade. It takes a you know it it, it takes a group of terrorists a matter of hours to bring it down, right? The, 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 and that's kind of how I look at. You know, negative thinking versus positive thinking. It's so, like, much like, easier a, to be a negative feedback negative. loop to where, like, for example, like right now, statistically, children in our country are safer uh, than they were like pre 1916s levels. You wouldn't think that. 
the way everyone helicopter parents and like everyone you see all the posts all the time up oh, someone was following me around in the store and it's like were they really or are you just thinking that because the news is telling you to think that like right now there's less child abductions there's less violence there's less all of that even with 2020 being as crazy as it was it's still safer than it was in 1960s level but what the news will do is it'll take it and not look at it over a span, like a general decline of like 20 years, 30 years. If it goes up just 1% from the year before, even though that one, even though that year with its 1% is still less than it was 20 years ago, violent crimes up 1%. We're all fucking dead. That's it. (laughs) All your kids are getting kidnapped. Don't let them more, don't let them out of your sight. Hide your kids, hide your wife. They're raping everybody out here, you know, and it's, And that's that's like the broad spectrum. Like that's what you even see that stuff on on local news, which isn't which isn't generally very uh, political. But the way to extrapolate that out in, into political thinking is like we catastrophe. Oh, oh, oh my god, twenty sixteen. Oh my god, if Donald Trump gets elected, it's going to be the end of the world, and it's not this year. If Joe Biden gets elected, it's going to be the end of the world, depending on which side of the aisle you're on. And this started. I swear to God, this started at least with Clinton, because that's the first one I really remember being born in 1988. You know, if if Clinton gets elected, oh, my God, we're going to the economy's going to tank. I thought you were talking about Hillary Clinton. I was actually going to say, I don't know. I remember being a kid. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know. I remember being a kid and them freaking out that Obama was getting elected. I think I heard the word Antichrist thrown around once or twice. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's when that's what I'm saying. Every president according to the media, depending on what you watch, is going to be the end of America. And it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Yeah, we're catastrophizing. We, we've become such a supreme uh, species on the world that we have to create our own issues. Like, we've gotten so good at surviving that we jump out of, that we jump out of good planes with parachutes and argue with strangers on the internet. You know? <laughs> it's just that we're bored as a species. We figured this out. We can end the season right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we we've already created the the season ending button. It's called the nuke. What else? So uh, I have basically set up my little little when we talk about uh, social media, and we talk about like our views on it or whatever. I have written down um, a couple ideas that I have about it, how I personally think about it. And I broke it down. You know, I'm trying to break it down as simple as for people as we can because everyone's used to 120 character tweets and three minute segments. So I got it broken down to the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Wow, wow, wow. Where's Clint Eastwood? I know. He's he's here. <laughs> he's just hanging out. Hope you're listening, Clint. <laughs> he's here. <laughs> Give in us your thought. So at gmail.com. Yeah, shout us out. And so I have like so for the good for the social media, I have uh our the connection that people create, you know, the connection around the world, you know, it creates awareness. You know, we hear of different topics like, do you think we would know about what's going on in Hong Kong if it wasn't for social media or uh, Myanmar right now? I think it's Myanmar, Thailand. Which one has the king? Myanmar, I think, has protests going on right now, too, actually. But I also think Thailand does. There's so many goddamn rulers and everyone. There's too many out there. Up. I can look it up for you. Uh, so then it also gives the exchange of ideas. And uh, like we were talking, even though it's one in a million, we have good conversations about policies and societal issues. You know, you see people organize and you see people do things throughout the world and create topics. Myanmar, also known as Burma. Burma, yes. It's Mm -hmm. fucked up over there right now. The military is a military coup. (laughs) 
And uh, so when, when like, good conversations about policies and societal issues and people like uh, organizing, getting together, like I have this actually this really funny story for you. I actually been saving it for you. And it's one of my examples for the good of social media. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. And I've been saving it for this reason or for this, wait. for this, uh, this exact moment. So there's this guy. So I'm, I'm sorry, prefix the whole premise. I'm a part of a couple of Facebook groups that I try to lighten up my own social feed, social feed because of the algorithms. I try to put fun stuff on there. And there's a couple of different Facebook groups, like one's called a car group where we all pretend to be boomers or just a group where we all pretend to be boomers. So it's a bunch of people in there using a shit tons of ellipses, writing in all caps, saying God bless and things like that and spelling words wrong. And then like saying things like Alexa, oh, <laughs> you know, things like that in there, like uh, hashtag MAGA, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So somebody found a post from a guy in a great boomer fat fashion this guy posted spelling it all wrong he said selling air compressor i know what i have it works great need money for new liver <laughs> but it's all spelt wrong <laughs> and it's so and it's just this picture of this guy you know and it's like the, the, Boomers the typical <laughs> not Is on facebook thing? yeah like it's just spelt wrong all the time <laughs> but it's like the boomer photo where it's like just like the nose up and then there's like just eight inches of headspace in the photo above his head and stuff. And like, <laughs> and so someone shared it in the group and they're like, a barbecue sauce stain on his shirt. <laughs> and someone shared in the group was like, uh, this boomer in all caps needs a new liver. God bless. Well, all of a these fuck <laughs> a new liver, these motherfuckers, <laughs> dude, let me tell you all of the people from these groups, it got shared amongst all of the different Facebook groups for boomers. They all went to his goal. They found his GoFundMe. He made 200 bucks in like two months, right? On his GoFundMe. All of these fucking millennials <laughs> hopped in there and started just donating money and where he got $52,000 in two days. But they stayed in fucking boomer character. <laughs> so all the GoFundMe comments are like, here you go, Gary. Here's 10 bucks. Would have gave you 15, but Barb said no. LOL. God bless. <laughs> like, and it's like, Everyone our age, like twenty year olds, <laughs> just fucking comedy, like posting blurry photos of like Wendy's. Like I was at Wendy's. <laughs> it's just so it's like so a bunch of goofballs on the internet went and literally saved this guy's life. He needed money. He needed forty grand to pay for the uh, the anti rejection medicine for his new liver, and the hospital wasn't going to give it to him unless he had this forty grand saved up. Mm -hmm. And they gave this guy this money and dogged him the whole time. <laughs> or not him, just boomers in general. But, right. like, I saw this and, like, I swear to God, dude, it brought tears to my eyes. I was so fucking, like, it was just so crazy to see all these people come together in this spirit of just being goofballs and literally save someone's life. And it's like, <laughs> when you see stuff like that on social media, it's like, God damn. But then all of a sudden, in the very next post, when you scroll down, you see someone calling uh, their mama, someone else's mama ho, because they said that the election wasn't stolen. But like, so for the good or the bad, all of these interactions happen. But I feel like, uh, is the social media more fake? Because yeah, no, I think it is. You know, because uh, social media, it creates a stage where people debate and you see two conversations going really fast and it's either like a great conversation or it turns quickly into your mom's a hoe and then people laugh, react, 
And then when it's a very, very like fast, like it's a, it's a, it's fast, you know, opinions are changing. You got to, it's all about timing, almost like a rap battle. You got to get in there. You got to react quick. You got to respond fast. So there's knee jerk reactions and it comes at you fast. And that's actually part of my bad. So the bad, right? Is mm-hmm. the discourse, the knee jerk reactions. And it comes at you fast. You have to respond in kind, the polarization, the mudslinging. And it's when simple differing opinions turn into personal attacks. And it's just, it makes it look like everybody hates each other. But the worst part of it, of it all, of social media, to where it's like, I don't even know if it's a civil war. It's more of just like, almost like the like algorithms, the fault where the people's minds, they, they lead themselves into these little bubbles. And it's the, feed la- the feedback loops, the myths and disinformation. And like the scary thing about what we're dealing with now, I think that people need to tackle this question is, is just because there is more information it doesn't mean it's all good. It still takes a degree of cognitive ability to decipher the good from the bad. Yeah, don't you think that the uh, that social media brings out like the uh, what I like to call smartest man in the room syndrome? It, it makes everybody have this idea that they are the smartest person alive, and they know everything, and. I, 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 I'm going to quote somebody that a lot of people hope that a lot of people that hopefully are going to listen to this show. A lot of these people aren't going to like this guy. I like the way Michael Malice put it. I don't agree with a lot of what Michael Malice says. He's an actual anarchist, but this was a, a, an incredibly simple but enlightened thing to say. And the way he put it on Lex Friedman's podcast not long ago was, uh. Even the smartest 1% of human beings in the world are still missing 99.9% of all knowledge. What does that mean? That means that I don't care who you are. When you speak with somebody, you can learn something from that person. I don't care who it is. I don't care if, you know, you know, you're the establishment Democrat. I love Joe Biden and Barack Obama, and they're the two greatest presidents that are ever going to live. Trust me, when I'm speaking to you, sir or madam, you can learn something from a QAnon Trumpy. Yes, you can. It sounds silly, but break it down in your own head. Smartest 1%. Of all people in on planet Earth are still missing ninety nine point nine percent of information. So what are you missing? You know, it's really interesting that you actually say that because, like, when it comes to the thing I have with the ugly, uh, it's the worst one that I think is the worst part of the social media civil war, and I think it actually propagates all the crazies and uh, getting everyone riled up and not even knowing who to trust or this or that is censorship. Uh, so we're talking about right now, like even like the smartest one percent only ha- is missing ninety nine percent of the world's knowledge. So we need the exchange of ideas, right? That's basically what we're getting at. So like we need to be able to actually talk to people and converse, and to where you're saying like the establishment Democrats, or not even establishment Democrats, establishment Republicans. You know, like and yeah, yeah, people they go. Uh, well, that can't be done. You can't do that. And you go, well, why not? Why won't that work? And they go, oh, well, because I'm an expert. So they come from this pompous stage, like soapbox, where it's like, well, and I know what all of it because, the fight, I'm an because i fight because I I know people that go, oh, socialism doesn't work. Okay, well, I'm not a huge fan of socialism myself, but you cannot just blanketly say that it doesn't work. China's doing a really nice job with it right now. I mean, 
yes, technically it's communism. But let's be honest, most of the people on the right that hate socialism, they conflate it with communism yeah, and anyway. and let's be honest, like, how is it communism when it's all of our own businesses selling out our own workers to set up private businesses in China to save a buck? That's not communism. That's socialism. Yeah, that, no, that's socialism, right? No, that's not even socialism. It's just, what the hell is that? What are they? They're communist, but they have private business, but they're exploiting the private business to hurt their enemies. Oh, they're, they're smart. Let's just say they're smart. I don't know. Like <laughs> they've embraced capitalism. It's very, it's very, um, it's it's complicated. But that's what I'm saying when I when I when I say when I hear somebody say, "Well, socialism doesn't work." You can't just say that it doesn't work. I mean, we have yeah, look at the Scandinavian countries. We have socialist policies that you're paying into and are going to benefit from. You damn boomer! By the time you retire, right. and I'm probably going to get none of it. So you want to talk about socialism doesn't work? Social security. I mean, what is that if not socialism? Yeah, yeah, no, it's roads. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah, roads. It's uh, you know, like I have a lot of libertarian tendencies, and I'm sure a lot of them will be will uh show themselves throughout our show. And uh, but like where my libertarianism ends is uh, Honduras, <laughs> where it's uh, you know, like. People are literally sitting on the side of the road filling potholes for tips. You know, people have to pay private security at their grocery store. Not like the security guy that we see, like, sleeping on the corner, like, with fucking, like, like ARs. You know, they're sitting out there with Michigan's you know, headed there, rifles. Corey. Michigan's our, our Michigan, there. Yeah, our Michigan listeners will know what we're talking about when it comes to potholes. Ah, uh, dude, I don't want to get on a tangent, but... uh and I'm not just trying to fill dead space, but it was something super excited about that. I'm I'm excited for our guber- gubernatorial race because uh, Chief Craig, Detroit Police Chief Craig, just announced his run for governor, and he's talking about having a uh, having Candace. Well, he wasn't talking, but the rumors are it's Candace Miller, the public works girl from Macomb, as his running mate. So we're talking about a pro-union black cop as a Republican running as a Republican with a with an old white woman as his VP who only has a, and she's like a huge conservation conservationist. Like she's all about green energy and trying to make it better here, but all about the environment. <laughs> so like, it's a Republican ticket. That's going to be pro union and pro environment. It's going to be interesting. So that's actually might be a run that we might have to talk about more because we're living in a purple state. Uh, the last word I had on here, Corey, I think it's really important when it comes to social and digital civil wars, the word hypocrisy. Because I think the word hypocrisy is the most overused, meaningless word in the English language when it comes to political discourse. And people go, well, wait a minute, the world's full of hypocrites. And that's exactly the reason why. I happen to believe that every single human being on planet Earth is a hypocrite. If you dig into somebody deep enough, you're going to find a hypocrisy. Right. And and like, and like how does that word like let's like yeah at face value the word hypocrite means like you said one thing and then you did another thing but it's like okay well what makes you a hypocrite you know like i have examples of like where i could point out hypocrisy all day long on either side but it's like so am i a hypocrite because in 2016 i thought bernie sanders was one thing but now in 2021 i think he's a different thing and i don't you know what i mean so like as my views change and as I get more facts and I change my opinion, since when is all of a sudden just changing your opinion, just hypocrisy? You're a flip-flopper. You're a flip-flopper. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like like an example of that is uh, I'll use uh, Barack Obama, and you know, like everyone, you know, like I for years I'd use him as a talking point about how you know he dropped just as many bombs, if not more bombs, than Bush and Trump and all this. And but then all of a sudden, then I get more information, and then I realize, oh, he well, reported them. His numbers are way higher because he reported yeah. them. He he took away the the secrecy of it from the CIA and gave it to the Pentagon. And so his numbers did work. I'm gonna, let me add to that real quick, Corey. To Donald Trump's credit, you won't hear me say that very often. But to Donald Trump's credit, he did the same thing. He reported them. They were reported. Yeah. And he yeah he dropped a few. It, it I actually haven't looked at the numbers in a while. I don't know if he ended up dropping more than Obama. Either way, it's way too fucking many for either of them. Yeah, there was probably a lot more than he than there was probably a lot more under him than what was reported. Because I know under his administration, they moved a lot of the drone striking back to the CIA away from the Pentagon. Gradually, yeah, gradually, and uh, so yeah. So immediately, I read that and I was like, "Well, what the fuck?" You know, I'm over here. Like, it's like you, you stole one of my talking points. I guess is why I was mad about it. And now, <laughs> and now. If I want to come back and say it now that I now that I think, oh well, maybe Obama. Obviously, there's still a lot of shit that Obama did that I vehemently disagree with. But it's like, oh well, maybe Obama. You know, so now all of a sudden, am I a hypocrite because I'm saying something different, or did I just grow? And I think that the word hypocrite is almost like you said, it's a shutdown word, to where it makes people not even want to change their opinion or try to grow where we probably should be doing the exact opposite. Yeah, it's, it's thrown around as an insult. It's thrown around as a shutdown word. It's, you know, you, you see it all the time with the blue checkmark brigade on Twitter uh, where, you know, they'll, they'll throw something out there that, oh, well, you know, this senator said this this day and then five, 12 years later they said and, and they did this thing. Like, I'll give, actually, I'll give you a really good example that the that conservatives are used at the at the end towards uh, towards the end towards the election, which was the Joe Biden nineteen ninety five crime bill. Like he was a big proponent of that, and it was a pretty fucking. Let's be honest, it was a pretty racist. <laughs> it was a fucking terrible. It was bill. terrible. It was minimum sentencing. Give me a fucking. It was break. extraordinarily <laughs> racist. Uh, and look, I'm not a huge Joe Biden fan myself, but like. What is wrong with him moving away from those values as he becomes president? Like, isn't that a good thing? I mean, you can, you can right. always throw out there, oh, well, he's just full of shit. He's just trying to get – but that's not the point. Is it st- like? Is it still not a good thing? Right. Instead, I'm yeah, just going to call like, him a hypocrite. Everyone – yeah, everyone, uh, they get this you – know, I guess they, it's like it comes down to uh, – you get your first impression of something in eight seconds, you know, and, that's and, it's it. like, and then that's it. It doesn't matter what the fuck they do after like, that. No, it's a, like, a girl, oh, a girl knows when part. she wants to have sex with you two minutes after she meets you. Yeah. I haven't had sex with a lot of girls, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, are you supposed to just, oh, that's it. Like, you know, it's like, if you did that, Bill Cosby. Not liking Bill Cosby now would make you a hypocrite. If we're gonna try, yeah, to go, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. He it's was like America's oh. dad. Now, an example that I have, like, so I guess uh, when we talk about hypocrisy, let's definitely try to tell people that we shouldn't use it as a shutdown word because people change their minds. But hypocrisy does still exist. Sure I guess does. an example. So I guess, yeah, we don't want to just say it doesn't because I guess we. I guess we have to like. It's one of those words. It's like the word racist. 
it's thrown around way too much. Yeah, to where it's lost its meaning almost. Yeah, because when I want to when I want to call balls and strikes, I, I was listening to the Charlie Duff's podcast the other day. He says he doesn't like to do parties. He's an empire. You want to be able to call balls and strikes. So when you watch sports and you see an empire, sometimes you like them, sometimes you hate them. And I'm hoping that's kind of what we do on our show. I think that's so funny, the sports analogy, because a reporter like Charlie LaDuff, uh, who's, who's he, he's local to Detroit here mostly, but he's also done a lot of national stuff. You can look him up. He does good work, uh, good nonpartisan work. Yeah, he's a great, one of the very last best investigative journalists. Absolutely. And, and him calling I him hope Bill, that we can have him on the show. If we butter him up enough, maybe he'll come. Oh, on. yeah. He's, well, we, we'd have to get. Four, we'd have to set aside four hours because Charlie likes to talk. Uh, <laughs> That's, I'm fine with that. That's three episodes. It's so interesting that he says that he feels like he's an umpire because when it comes to politics, we talk about this all the time. Politics is like sports, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're on the blue team or the red team and you're going to go with whatever the blue team or the red team wants to do. You're part of the team. And yeah. I feel like we need more umpires. People like Charlie, hopefully people like you and I can be. And that's not to say that I don't have my leanings, right? It's not to say that Corey doesn't have his. We still have our opinions, our own values, like we just talked about, our values. Those are important yeah, to us, just like they are anyone uh, else. Yeah, and I have absolutely I no issue admitting to you that I am a left-leaning guy. Now, hearing what I have to say on this show, there might be some people on the on the far left just listening to this episode that might think, well, that guy's full of shit. He's actually a conservative. And if that's what you think about me, that's fine. Fuck you. I don't I really don't care. It's like I know who I am. I know what my values are. And it's a lot easier for me to criticize the left because it's my political home. It's where I exist. And I want to be better all the time. Right. You want to be, oh, wait, I'm sorry. What, you want to be progressive? <laughs> yeah. I think that was actually the last word that I had, Corey, as far as uh, I admit, wait, no, misinformation, but that just kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah. The miss and the, the miss and the diss. Yeah. And like I said, I want to really drive this point home is uh, like, just because there's more information, it doesn't mean it's all good. You know, and so like there's a a rule of thumb that I kind of follow that like anything I see, especially when I'm strolling on my Facebook stream or whatever, or, you know, Twitter or whatever, if there's something that checks all your points and it's something that like you agree with, with a hundred percent, like some, something like if you lean left and it's just like, oh yeah, hundred percent, I agree with this. It's probably too good to be true. Just like if it's, if it's something that just straight, just pisses you off, like you want to throw your phone and punch out punch drywall it's probably not true and that it really only takes about the same amount of time that it would be to share a meme and then write your little 120 character quip to go with it it probably takes that same amount of time to just google it real quick or not even google use DuckDuckGo. i don't give a shit you don't have to use google use DuckDuckGo. use bing i don't think anyone even <laughs> uses bing they really they really tried to get people to use it with the commercials years back but bing. yeah yeah just fucking look it up. You know, half the time you're mad about nothing. We're all just chasing characters and fighting shadows. Caricatures, not characters, caricatures. Yeah. And fighting shadows. And half of the stuff that we're mad about, we don't even have to be mad about. Yeah. And I think that's where I, I'll go back to the 10 80 10 rule. That 80%, I feel like they just have too much going on in their lives. And mm-hmm. it's not that they don't care or they shouldn't care. 
they pick their battles. You know, people people that are in that spot of their lives where they're either happy or content, you know, one or the other, they've got other things to do. And so do you and I, Corey. We're just fortunate or unfortunate enough to be actually interested in this stuff, which that makes yeah. us weird. <laughs> it does make us weird. Okay. Yeah, it's a what is it? A, yeah, politics are a hobby of mine. People kind of look at you sideways. Yeah, what does that mean, dude? It, dude, it's even worse. You know what really is, makes it the worst of just paying attention to this stuff is like you'll go to you'll go out, you go to the bar, you go to a party, and you're sitting there and like you'll be fine. You're just talking bullshit about music or sports or anything you can even talk about tools like oh yeah soccer wrench i use that you know and then all of a sudden someone you just hear someone go yeah you know who doesn't biden supporters and it's just like you hear like the kill bill sound immediately you just want to like it's like i don't want to talk politics bro (laughs) and and that and that makes us silly because i i know exactly the the feeling you're talking about because you want to you want to talk about it but no one else does because again we're not experts but I still feel like I know more than, you know, the average person. But I want feedback. Exactly. Like I'm like, oh man, I, this is my chance, right? You think this is my chance to engage in this conversation? Maybe this person will teach me something. Maybe they'll teach me something. Maybe I'll teach them something. And but but then you, then you go, oh no, this is just going to get really ugly really fast. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, going to uh, so- both of us, and the party's going to be over. So you just go, take, a, you take a deep breath and you go. <laughs> Okay, he said something. He said something that sounds yep. really ignorant. Uh, and I yeah. So now, like, what I'll kind of do is do like, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of <laughs> yeah, Biden. Yeah, what a what a turd that guy is. What a turd he I'm is. Go over here now. <laughs> Not as bad as Trump though. <laughs> who? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, it's funny. Like you, you'll be on the. So uh, I go out to the west side of the state. You know, we have this. We have the sand dunes where everyone goes out there and rides their four wheelers. And it's uh, it's funny because it's 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 Trump country, you know. It's uh, blue collar workers. You know, Trump was a populist. The Democrats definitely abandoned the blue collar worker. It pretended to be about uh, unions, but didn't do anything when the right destroyed them. And then, <laughs> and then the right for some reason just picked up all the blue collar workers and just told them, no, 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 you're not poor. You're a temporary, you're a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. And now they're like, damn straight, I'm going to go work another 40 hours for you. And then they get their, they get their two weeks off a year and they go out to the Silver Lake Sand Dunes. And that's me, obviously, just characterizing. Like, we talk about characters. Me, me blanketing them. But you go out there and they all have their Trump flags. And it's, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm looking around and it's like, they're all talking about Trump and stuff. And it's like, you know that he tried to cut funding to the exact thing you're doing here, right? Under the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, right? And it's like, you know, and it's like, because they, they make a joke about Biden or something. And it's like, really, I want to talk politics. What do <laughs> you like, don't? But no one wants to drink a beer while I talk about how Trump fucked over eight states when, and trying to cut their billion dollar funding to the Great Lake Restoration Initiative and how he's hurting his own base. They're like, nah, Trump, brother, beer. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine, beer. Right, Let's fine. drink beer. I can and go with <laughs> beer. We'll do beer. Beer yeah. is good. Let's find some common ground. I enjoy beer. Uh, yeah, man. In conclusion, honestly, to me, we got off on some tangents here. Honestly, I think we had some fun. I hope that people enjoy this first episode of season one because we've got uh, we've got some great guests coming up. But in conclusion, 
I still feel like the digital civil war is largely fa- fabricated, even based on what you just said, Corey, which is you go out there and, yeah, you want to talk politics with these people, but you can't, and you know it's probably a bad idea, but you can still, you know, uh, beer. Like, you know, <laughs> you could still, yeah. still agree on the beer. And- you can make a quip, and then you could see someone do the angry face mm-hmm. to where you go, okay, all right, I'm going to back off, to where you don't see that angry face on social media. So, yeah, you know what? You might be right. The social media, I think it's overplayed. I think it's real, but I think it's overplayed. But I think it's hyped up. It doesn't mean that it's not dangerous. Like It doesn't mean that it couldn't get worse because that exchange that you have where you make your comment or the other person makes their comment and you see the angry face, I honestly feel like that angry face is the problem. And that's where we need to have that, that back and forth without the angry face. It's yeah. not that it's not... okay. It's not that it's not at least semi-dangerous. And what I will say is that as far as the, the, the digital side of this thing, the social media side of this thing, you know, the people that retweet Fox News articles or retweet MSNBC articles and then want to attack, to me, the, these are folks that are, that, are, that are so unhappy. They hide behind the safety of their keyboards and like to play gotcha with strangers. That's yeah. And and that's why when I say I don't think it's that big of a deal or why it's not really real but still dangerous because those people are out there but there's just like you said right at the beginning of the show there's so much larping involved yeah. like it's, it's like yeah. a character. They're out there but would yeah exactly like they would have been out there before I mean, Timothy McVeigh didn't have a Twitter <laughs> or a Facebook, and he blew up the Oklahoma Federal Building. Yeah. It was Timothy McVeigh, right? Yeah, that's yes, Timothy but McVeigh. He did, Wasn't he actually from Michigan? He was, and I he also I, took a yeah. trip to Waco. Good old Waco. see the Branch Davidians get burned alive. Which is actually a really fucked up thing. Yeah, it is yeah, What they did to them. You know, yeah, the government's all about second night. You know, the Republicans now, are all about second night. Now, We don't know how that fire was started. <laughs> we don't know how that fire was started. We don't know how that fire was started, and we don't know how that bomb was dropped on that neighborhood in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody talks about that. Like, what was it? It was the, uh, it was um, not the branch derivatives. It was... Uh, Green, what they call themselves? I forget what they call themselves, but yeah, it was another group like that that was in Philadelphia, and uh, the police dropped a bomb on them from a helicopter, and nobody asked questions like, "Why do cops have bombs?" That's a ver- that's a value thing, right? Because I mean, you know, David Koresh was also raping underage girls, so did yeah. he deserve to be lit yeah. on fire. I don't know those underage girls. Well, uh, didn't. Did we save? Did we save the girls though? No, we when we lit them on fire with him, yeah, <laughs> does that? Ah, whatever. That's just uh, just par for the course. <laughs> Collateral damage. We did it. We saved the city. <laughs> God damn it! So doesn't mean it's not dangerous. I think this was a, a decent discussion. I got a little bit buzzed on my uh, B forty three delicious Michigan beer here towards the end. So I nice. hope people. Will- I do want to add really quick though. Uh, just because it's not dangerous, we shouldn't legislate out of fear in a reactionary fashion like we did for September 11th or anything after that with like Patriot Acts, straight up censoring people. Like that's that's that to me personally 
it's a uh, it's a trajectory going down a road towards 1984 that I am not comfortable with no. whatsoever. And and even bringing up the Constitution, a- another thing that 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 upsets me about this social and digital civil war is people only bring up the Constitution when it's convenient for them. They only bring it up when it's convenient for them. It's an archaic old document if it doesn't work for you, but it's the best best document human beings have ever written if it does work for you. Our founding fathers were so goddamn smart. But stop using it as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, don't use it as a weapon. It's a tool. It's not a weapon. It's a tool. We should all be like, yeah, it's a, well, we should have a, con- we should do an episode just talking about the Constitution. That, that'd that be a fun one. Yeah, let's get some just, experts on. Maybe, maybe not season about the two will be all about the Constitution. Maybe that's what we'll do. Ooh, the goods and bads of it. Like, oh, it created slavery. Yeah, but it also ended it. Yeah. Yeah. It oh, states' rights are bad. Yeah, but the states' rights also is what circumvented a lot of problems. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, I love when you really, when you really dive deep into the Constitution, who the founding fathers were. It's a that's a good story. The Constitu- that document's got an uncanny ability to cause problems, but it's also got an uncanny ability to solve them. To solve them. And that's exactly, exactly that's exactly what it is. And it's, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's a. I don't know. I, whenever I whenever I start talking about it, it's like when I hear people try to talk about how America is fucked up. It's like yeah, but the document we have also solves all those problems. Absolutely, I think it's a good place to end. In fact, we're we're yeah. short on time here anyway. Please leave us an email libservativepod at gmail.com. We want to talk to you. We want to create a community here. We talked about this in the pilot episode. Uh, Tell us your concerns. We will read these on the show when Corey and I do these one-on-one shows away from guests at the beginning of seasons, at the end of seasons. Let us know what you want to talk about. Um, Let us know your concerns. Uh, you know, if you if you want to be an asshole and just say mean things to us because you don't like what we had to say, that's fine too. We'll read them, but we're not going to talk about them on here. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's funny, that's true. They heard me talking about how I'm trolling people as a fake boomer on the internet, so obviously I have a sense of humor. Well, that's fair. So <laughs> go ahead, tell me my do? Uh, No. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, Libservativepod at gmail dot com. Uh, Corey, tell them about the uh, social media avenues they have to uh, reach out to us as well. Yeah, we're also we're gonna be on Facebook, just at Libservative, and then we're on Twitter at uh at Libservative Pod, and then we also have an Instagram, it's Libservative Pod, and then uh, Dan and Dan already mentioned the email, so yeah, reach out to us. Let's have some conversations. That's what this is all about. Tell us what you think of the show, uh, and and tune in next week. We're gonna have Dr. Dylan Selterman. He is a uh, psychologist from the University of Maryland, and we talk a lot about uh, the left. The left and, and its issues with Dylan and myself both being uh, traditionally progressive, uh, we talk a lot about the issues that the left has essentially with communication issues. And this has been episode one, season one of Libservative. Tune in next week for our conversation with Dr. Dylan Selterman. <laughs>